good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. We are ready to read chapter 14. Now last time at the end of chapter 13, Abram and Lot, they had, well, in chapter 13, Abram and Lot had split themselves up because their herds were too big and the land could not support both of them being in the same place and you know it was a struggle so they split themselves apart and then God had told Abram that he was going to give him all this land and his descendants would be like the dust of the earth and uh, let's see in the final verse here then Abram broke camp and moved his tent and came and settled uh, by the terebinths or oak trees of Mamre and uh, let's see which are in Hebron and there he built an altar to honor the Lord now we're ready to read Genesis chapter 14 in the days of the eastern kings Amraphel no yeah Amraphel Amraphel of Shinar Arioch of Eleazar um I'm going to say Kedorlomer, Kedorlomer, Shadorlomer of Elam. I can't say that name, so I'm sorry. And Tidal of Goam, they invaded the Jordan Valley near the Dead Sea and made war with Bera, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, Shemeber, king of Zeboam, and the king of Bela, that is, Zor. All of these kings joined together as allies in the valley of Siddim, that is, the Sea of Salt. Now, hold on a minute. Let's, let's count up our kings here. So, we have king of, of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboam, and the king of Bela. So, that is five kings. Now, and I think they are five kings of like five smallish towns, or, well, maybe larger towns for back then. Maybe they're even cities back then. By our standards, they might seem small, though, but big for back then. So they were five kings of five, you know, smaller territories, though. They weren't like huge, huge, um, huge territories. So the eastern kings... They were from Shinar, Eleazar, Elam, and Goam. So they were four kings versus five kings. Now, how big those four were, I don't know. Again, they may have been, you know, smaller, smaller territories, smaller, smaller kings. So anyway, 12 years they had served this... Now, I'm sorry, this name is difficult... Um, Ketterlomer, I, I can't say it, the, sh, the Ketterlomer, Cheddarlomer, I'm very sorry, I, I just can't get that name, that is too much. The most powerful king in the invading confederacy. Now, he was the most powerful of those kings that were, that were invading. But in the 13th year, they rebelled. <clears throat> so they had served him for 12 years, and now in the 13th year, they rebelled. In the 14th year, this... Keter Lomer and the three kings who were with him, and they were probably lesser kings that he had, you know, uh, counted as allies. They were, you know, 
join together. Um, okay, so, and the three kings who were with him attacked and subdued the Rephaim in Ashtaroth-Karnaim, the Zuzaim in Ham, and the Emim in Sheva Kiriathim. You know, you just have to look at these names because I, I know that I am just murderizing these names. I apologize. And the Horites in the mountainous country of Seir, or Seir, as far as El Paran, which is on the border of the wilderness. Then they turned back. So here they had gone out and subdued these territories. Okay, so they went and subdued these territories. Then they turned back and came to in Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and subdued all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who lived in Hazazan Tamar. Again, very, anyway, very different name. Then the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim and Bela, that is Zor, came out and they joined together for battle with the invading kings in the valley of Siddim against Kedarlomor, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goam, and Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elisar. Four kings against five. Now the valley of Siddim was full of tar bitumen pits. And as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, they fell into them. So it sounds like they were losing. But the remainder of the kings who survived fled to the hill country. Then the victors took all of their possessions of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food supply and provisions and left. And they also took captive Lot, Abram's nephew, and his possessions and left, for he was living in Sodom. Okay, so when they won, they just took whatever they wanted out of out of uh, Sodom. Then a survivor who had escaped from the invading forces on the other side of the Jordan came and told Abram the Hebrew. So, in this in this case, saying the Hebrew, this was this designated and probably meant someone who crosses a border or maybe descended from Eber, which he was. And so, thus, all of the children of Israel were called Hebrews. <clears throat> Now he was living by the terebinths, the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshkel and brother of Anir. They were allies of Abram. When Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he armed and led out his trained men born in his own house, numbering 318, and went in pursuit as far north as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and attacked and defeated them and pursued them as far as 
Hobah, which is north of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods, and also brought back his nephew Lot and his possessions, and also the women and the people. Okay, so Abram just went with his 300 guys. 318. Hmm. And attacked and defeated them. Okay. I mean, that's just, it's just interesting that Abram was just, he was just a rich man in that area. Maybe he was not even considered anything like a king, but he was just a wealthy guy. He had 300 men. He took and he went and got, got Lot, you know, rescued Lot hmm. and his possessions. Then, after Abram's return from the defeat, and this, this says in parentheses, slaughter of Keterlomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shavea. That is the king's valley. Now, huh, the king of Sodom. Did the king of Sodom survive, though? Maybe this is a new king of Sodom. Let's see. So I want to roll back, and we're just going to take a moment. As the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, they fell into them. Okay. So in other words, this is a new king of Sodom. This is not the same one. Because the other one perished. So they appointed, or, you know, they had their succession, <clears throat> and the new king went out to meet with him. So, now then, here we have... Well, hold on a second. We have Melchizedek. Okay. The king of Salem, which is... There's, there's a note here that says this is king of righteousness, according to Hebrew. Melchizedek, king of Salem. Now, and also, Salem was ancient Jerusalem. That was the city that became Jerusalem. So, Melchizedek is the king of Salem. Now, he brought out bread and wine for them. He was the priest of God Most High. So, he is Melchizedek, the king of Salem, okay? He is the priest of God Most High. Now, we don't know a lot about how this came about or how this was, but is this is just stated. It is, he is the priest of God. And Melchizedek blessed Abraham, Abram, I'm sorry, Abram, and said, Blessed, joyful, favored, be Abram by God Most High. He knew that Abram was favored and was blessed, creator and possessor of heaven and earth. And he's referring to God there. And blessed, praised, and glorified be God Most High, who has given your enemies into your hand. Because Abram went out with 300-some guys and whooped these other people and got all st Lot's stuff back. And got Lot and his family. So that's... That's a pretty big deal. So God had to have been with him. And Abram gave him, Melchizedek, a tenth of all the treasure he had taken in battle. The king of Sodom, now the king of Sodom, said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods, spoils of battle, for yourself. 
But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand and sworn an oath to the Lord God Most High, the creator and possessor of heaven and earth. Notice he's saying the same things Melchizedek did. That I would not take anything that is yours from a thread to a sandal strap, so that you, so you could not say, I, the king of Sodom, have made Abram rich. I will take nothing except what my young men have eaten and the share of the spoils belonging to the men, my allies, who went with me, which is Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre. Let them take their share of the spoils. So he let his men, his allies, share in that, but he did not want any of the spoils. Now that is the end of chapter 14, because he didn't want them... And rightfully so, I'm sure, I'm sure this is, you know, we can see Abram growing and maturing and learning. You know, I'm sure that he was learning from God as he went through all these things. And rather than let these people have any kind of hold on him so that he would be only beholding to God. And that's that's the way we want to keep our lives. We want to keep our lives so that we're not beholding or beholden, or tied to and connected to other people, especially especially people who are not following God, we want to make sure that we keep ourselves clean and free of, you know, any, not having any sinful attachments, not having any um, connections or ties or debt to sinful things and to people who would... Uh, would basically be out of the fold of God and would possibly try to require us to do things that would be against God, and we're not going to do that. But when you're indebted to someone, when you're tied to them, <clears throat> when you're tied to them, excuse me, financially or, you know, in some manner as that, then they can... You know, they can call upon you and get you to do things that you would not normally do. It's much like, I know this is kind of almost humorous in a way, but it's kind of like when you think of the Godfather and Mafia, you know, someday I will call on you to do a favor for me, you know, and, and you know, it's like, uh, no, I don't want any favors from you because you're going to call on me to do something I don't want to do later, no. That's a deal. That's a deal with the devil. That's that's not a good thing. So Abram is keeping himself separate and away from that. And he's saying, no, God is the one I follow. God is the one who has made me rich. I'm not going to take anything from you. I'm going to keep myself separate and, you know, and dedicated to God. Really, he's going with God. He's saying, I'm staying with God. I'm not getting myself entangled with you or anyone else. I'm going to go with God. And that's that's the way we need to be. In a very real way, we need to make sure that we are staying with God, following the Lord, and not getting ourselves entangled in all these other things. Especially getting entangled into things that are that are harmful, bad for us, bad for others, that are sinful. We don't want to have any connection or ties to that. We want to make sure when we're, like even when we're having business deals, we want to make sure we're doing that in an upfront, legal, correct way so that there's no way that we can be pulled into things that would be uh, immoral and deceitful and wrong. Okay? 
And so that it applies to everything, but you'll notice here it definitely applies to money in our dealings in riches and the, the world's belongings and possessions. And we want to make sure that, you know, we keep ourselves um, free from those entanglements so that we can always worship and follow God and and not feel that pull, you know, of possibly someone saying, oh, now I need you to do a favor for me. And you owe them and you're indebted to them and you feel like you have to do it, even though it's something wrong that you would not want to do. So, and that's just one example. I'm sure there are a lot more and I'm sure there are probably even better examples, but that's just an idea. And to me, this just shows Abram is growing, maturing. He's, he's learning how to handle these things through God. And uh, Now, we don't know a lot about Melchizedek, and I, I can't talk a lot about him because we don't know a lot about him. We do know that he is priest of God the Most High, and that he is also king of Salem, which becomes Jerusalem later. And that Jesus is our priest in the order of Melchizedek. So that's a lot to think about and to try to understand because I don't have a lot of details on Melchizedek. But basically, Jesus is our priest. He is our king priest. King priest, priest king, however you want to say that. And uh, notice that. Abram had no problem giving him a tenth of all the treasure he had taken in battle. And so, you know, we we give, we give to our to our church, we give to the poor, we we do these things as well. We give into God's work, into the Lord's work. So, we do similarly. All right. That is Genesis chapter 14. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.